0: Lock on. Lock on. Lock,
1: lock 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 on. Lock 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 on. Lock lock on. Cowboys. Lock on. Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Chris Russell of Locked On Redskins. Make sure that you guys check out all the fantastic work at Locked On Redskins. And this is the Cowboys Week 2 opponent. So, Chris, how are you doing today, sir?
0: Hey, Marcus.
1: What's going on, man? Good to have, be back with you again this year. All right. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. So, we got a busy show today. So, let's kind of jump right into it. The The Redskins played, a, I thought, a really impressive game uh, against the Eagles in Week 1. Uh, just Before we jump into this week's matches, just kind of tell me how you're feeling about the team in 2019. <laughs> how you're feeling about that game? Because... I think a lot of people around the league were impressed with how well uh, the the Redskins played against the Eagles. Yeah,
0: I I mean, for the first half, they were dominant, uh, quite honestly. And then it all kind of fell apart after that, um, which is kind of symbolic of where this franchise is, quite honestly. They are good enough, Marcus, to go hard and to be right there and competitive um, and to give teams a fight. They're not good enough often to finish the fight, if that makes sense. So like in boxing parlance, right, if it's a 12-round fight, they're pretty good for the first eight, nine rounds, usually. The difference is is they seem to run out of steam where other teams pick up steam you know, in the second half, the fourth quarter. And maybe some of that is injury. Maybe some of that is lack of depth. Certainly some of that is a lack of premier blue-chip talent. Uh, it's probably a combination of all of those things, but that's exactly what happened on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. And clearly they are the less talented team going into week two at FedEx Field where, you know, many of us are expecting it to be 50-50 Cowboy fans to Redskins fans, maybe even more Cowboy really? fans to Redskins fans. Yeah, it's it, it's a really bad situation up here, um, you know, in Washington where they, you know, a lot of fans have, to feel complete apathy and have turned their back uh, to the franchise for so much dysfunction and losing and 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 quite honestly, not exciting football uh, over
1: a long,
0: long stretch of time.
1: So yeah, it's pretty bad. All right, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the, the Redskins side of the ball in offense, and we'll talk about that matchup. Uh, I want to start with Case Keenum uh, because he's on his third team in three years. But in week one, I mean, he was brilliant. He threw for almost 400 yards, uh, threw for three touchdowns. Uh, what's kind of the general feel about Keenum this season? Uh, and how long before we see the rookie quarterback?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Marcus, because we've been dealing with this all, obviously, all offseason. But Case Keenum came here as a veteran free agent uh, through a trade with the Denver Broncos, who only had him for one year, gave up on him to go to Joe Flacco. I don't know what that says about Case Keenum, uh, but it wasn't viewed very well here, quite honestly. But uh, I thought they would get somewhere between you know what the Denver Broncos got last year and what the Minnesota Vikings got two years ago and clearly if you're closer to the Minnesota Vikings case Keenum you're doing okay I don't want to jump to conclusions I think week one was uh, a really good performance obviously by Keenum he hit Terry McLaurin the rookie uh, wide receiver in stride but he also overthrew him on what would have been an easy seven as well um you know, but he 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 overall did a great job, didn't turn the ball over. Three touchdowns, thirty and forty-four. You mentioned the yardage. Uh he led them on a long last scoring drive in which they finally scored for the first time in the second half with six seconds left to go. And that's kind of the problem. Right now, we don't know if Case Keenum can play the way he did consistently for 60 minutes and then therefore eight, nine, ten, twelve weeks in a row. Yeah. We not know if this week he's gonna come out and throw for 200 yards and get sacked, you know, 5 times and fall apart. We think, we think it won't be as good as what we got on week 1 uh in terms of the 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 bottom line results. I don't think that's a stretch, but the the question for me would be does he bottom out against a very good Dallas defense
1: in front. Yeah, and and that's going to be the thing with the Cowboys because we've seen we've seen the Cowboys have a lot of success against, you know, quarterbacks like Case Keenum uh, the Cowboys have a fantastic pass rush, and that kind of leads me to my next question to you, uh, which is, you know, the Redskins' offensive line has gone through some transition over the last couple of years. Obviously, no Trent Williams. We don't expect him back for week two. I mean, I guess I should ask you that. Is there any chance he shows up for week two?
0: Uh, I, I mean, there's a small chance, but everything I understand – uh, from talking to people closer to Trent than than you know I I am uh, and I've covered Trent since he walked in the door is he is still unsure whether he wants to come back or not. There's been a lot of rumors from uh, D'Angelo Hall and people close to him that maybe he will come back. I guess we have to wait and see what happens. Uh, on Wednesday at practice if somehow some way he just decides to show up which again is a possibility but I would say it's highly unlikely
1: yeah and even we're getting to the point in the week where you know if he doesn't show up by Wednesday maybe Thursday he's not going to be ready for the game anyway so yeah, uh, and I
0: don't know if he would be re- I don't even know if he would be ready because he's got to be medically cleared sure. by a medical staff that he doesn't quite honestly trust Marcus and that's part of the reason why he's been holding out and why he's drawn a line. Uh, the Redskins, uh, you know, as I'm sure Cowboy fans kind of know or have heard through the grapevine or whatever, have had a ton of injuries and have had a lot of issues when it comes to clearing guys and guys rushing back and guys reaggravating injuries and so on and so forth. And it's really affected the core of this team. And that's kind of what's at the heart of the matter with this Trent Williams stuff.
1: Right. And, and that's, that's a big issue, too. And let's talk about that offensive line a little bit. Um, if no Trent Williams, likely Donald Penn at left tackle. Uh, Eric Flowers got to start, start in week one at left guard. Um, I mean, tell us, where is the strong points of this offensive line? Where can they be exposed? Uh, and how did they hand up, handle against the Eagles? Because the Cowboys have a really good you know front and four, but I'm not sure it's as good as Philadelphia. So uh, what do you think about this week's matchup between Washington's offensive line and Dallas's defensive line? Yeah, so ultimately the Redskins
0: only allowed one sack to Timmy Jernigan, and that was just uh, that was after a false start or a delay of game. Uh, I can't quite remember. Uh, And it almost took them out of field goal range at the end of the first half, but then they recovered uh, and they were able to get the field goal. So uh, by in terms of pass protection, they were much better, I think, than than people thought, especially going up against that talented front. For Philadelphia. Maybe it was, you know, Philadelphia's guys hadn't played a whole lot. They obviously lost Malik Jackson uh, for the year in that game. So again, there's parts and reasoning uh, f- for that. I-, I think also Jay Gruden. And Kevin O'Connell, the new offensive coordinator, much like Dallas has a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think they called a pretty good game in the first half. They took a couple of deep shots, one they hit on, one they should have hit on and, and missed, but they didn't ask Case Keenan to sit back there, five, seven step drop and hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, as far as the strength, look, Donald Penn's a three-time Pro Bowler, but he's 36. Eric mm-hmm. Flowers, struck out at left tackle, struck out at right tackle. Now he's been converted to guard. He was very inconsistent, Marcus, during preseason and training camp, as you can imagine. Just didn't have any experience or reps there, but he's a big, hulking man. And he actually did okay the other day. Certainly in pass pro, he did much better than I think uh, most of us thought um the problem was he had a couple of holding penalties on that last scoring drive and that's really was the problem in week one for the the redskins offensive line while they only allowed the one sack uh, they had eight offensive line penalties and it's, it it was pretty much everybody except for the center chase roulier and brandon sheriff it was a mm. couple uh, with holding penalties uh, uh flowers again i mentioned a couple of holding penalties uh morgan moses had a couple of holding penalties and a couple of false stars you know i, I mean It wasn't good in that regard, and that's what killed the Redskins really in the second half, and at times in the first half, is they couldn't stop shooting themselves in the foot in that offensive line particular area, and certainly that could be a factor against a very
1: talented athletic front in Dallas. Yeah, let's just – the Cowboys defensive lineman – uh, they know who's starting at left guard in this game. They're very, very familiar with Eric Flowers uh, from his days in New York. Uh, I know some of the defensive ends on that roster, including DeMarcus Lawrence, are pleading with Rob Marinelli to give him some defensive tackle snaps in this game because of uh, who is going to be lining up their left guard. So uh, it's just something to monitor in this matchup. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Redskins offense. All right, let's talk about the receivers, because I think we kind of glossed over them quickly. Uh, Terry McLaurin, the, the rookie from Ohio State, had a couple of big plays down the field. You mentioned that Case Keenum missed him. Uh, I thought Trey Quinn played well. I was a big fan of his coming at SMU. Uh, Paul Richardson's finally healthy. Um, talk to me about those receivers. How did they look in week one? And then I want to know about Jordan Reed. Obviously, he didn't play in week one because of the concussion. Do you expect him to play in week two? Yeah, let me start
0: with that. The hope is very much so that he will play. But as we all know with concussions, it's really hard to gauge. He practiced all of last week on a limited basis, but he was never fully cleared for contact. And remember, this is his eighth documented concussion, Marcus. So yeah. the Redskins, rightfully, are, are taking it very slow. Jay Gruden does expect him to play. But again, we won't really know until he's cleared for contact and then therefore cleared for full practice. And even then I'm sure they're going to have a bib on him that says, stay away from this dude. Don't touch him. So uh, I would say it's very likely that he plays, but I can't guarantee it certainly at this early juncture. Um, As far as the receivers go, you mentioned Paul Richardson. That's really, I think the key to this offense, if he can stay healthy and, you know, he's, he, he did play on Sunday in Philadelphia. He had one big key drop, but he Overall played reasonably well, made a couple of good catches, uh, including a contested catch along the sidelines. He almost made a I, nice one in
1: the back of the end zone. I, he had one that almost was a touchdown in the back of the end zone, too.
0: Right, right. And, and, and I think, I think that's, you know, that's, the key, that's the key for him, is he can make those 50-50 catches. I think he can make those tough contested catches, whether they be fades, whether they be back shoulders, whether they be jump the ladder or climb the ladder type passes over the middle, if he can stay on the field. Mm -hmm. I think Paul Richardson is really good because he's not just a speed guy. And if again he can stay healthy matched with McLaurin, and then you add this. Big, physical, young target that they have in Kelvin Harmon, who had a couple of catches uh, the other day. Uh, and as well, Vernon Davis mixed in as a second or primary tight end. And you mentioned Trey Quinn. And again, Trey Quinn, as far as he goes, Marcus, he is the real deal, as you said, Absolutely. coming out of this was mr irrelevant right last pick in the draft there was no questions about trey quinn's talent that dude can flat out play and he catches everything and he's a good route runner the only question has been so far he's had more injuries than he's played in nfl games so far through one plus seasons
1: yeah it's too bad that he fell that far in the draft because i thought he was a pretty special talent there at, at smu and you watched the the film back then Man, I kind of think he was the better receiver than Cortland Sutton. I, I mean, I know one went in the second round and one went in the seventh round, but uh, Trey Quinn is going to be somebody the Cowboys have to watch out for this week.
0: All right, let's yep. kind of
1: shift sides of the ball.
0: The, the, the touchdown, real quickly, he had yeah, you know Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas, yep. and that was the last time we saw him last year, by the way. He reaggravated uh his injury, and he was shut down after that.
1: Absolutely. I think that's somebody the Cowboys are going to have to be wary of. Uh, They're going to put Anthony Brown on it, but I fully expect Trey Quinn to get a lot of targets this week. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys offense against the Redskins defense. Uh, Let's start with Washington's defensive line. Uh, Jonathan Allen got a little nicked up in this, in the first week of the season, the Redskins don't anticipate him playing in week two, correct? Right. Correct. Um,
0: There's a, there's a slight chance he could, but, I, I don't see it, quite honestly. It's a sprained MCL. We don't know the grade of it yet, but that was a huge loss for them in their week one loss to Philadelphia, both from a talent, leadership, and depth standpoint. He is arguably their best offensive lineman, although Deron Payne certainly gives them
1: uh, a run for his money. So what's the plan if Allen is out? Is Trayvon Hester going to play more snaps? Are they going to maybe play some uh, Tim Settle at nose tackle and slide Deron Payne over uh, what do you anticipate the Redskins doing there? So when Allen went
0: out on Sunday, they actually had Tim Settle working uh, at, at the end position a little bit, and then really? they mixed. Yeah, they mixed and matched a little bit because Settle's got good athleticism for big dude, even though he's more of a natural nose tackle. But they can move those guys around, uh, and, and and that's and Trayvon Hester, who you mentioned, who they claimed from Philadelphia, is certainly going to be worked into the fold. I don't know if they're going to bring somebody else up at the end of the week, a guy like Ryan B who had a really good preseason uh, for them. Uh, But remember, you know, they are also dealing with Caleb Brantley who they're counting on and he re aggravated his mild Liz Frank. So he might not even be able to go. So they could be down two of their top five defensive linemen, which obviously against that Dallas offensive line against Ezekiel Elliott And especially if Dak Prescott is throwing the kind of darts that he was on Sunday, granted against the Giants defense, boy, the Redskins are going to be in trouble because they don't like to blitz. They don't want to blitz because Marcus, they don't trust their guys on the back end. And I sure as hell trust them on the back end, especially going against Callup, Amari Cooper, and Randall Cobb, and Jason Witten, and on and on and on.
1: All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about the biggest mismatch in all of week two between the Cowboys and the Redskins. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free. When you use our special promo code Locked On, just pay five dollars shipping. Again, that's blue B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Chris. Uh, one of the, the matchups I'm gonna be looking forward to is Ryan Kerrigan against Lyle Collins for the last three yeah, three years. Uh, Kerrigan has just destroyed uh, Lyle Collins. But my question is, if the Cowboys give a lot of protection, or you know, over to Kerrigan's side, what other pass rushers should the Cowboys be, be wary of? Is is Ryan Anderson going to, to rush the pass a lot? Are we going to see some Montez sweat? What's going to happen mm-hmm. for the Redskins opposite of Kerrigan this week? Yeah, so, you know, I, I
0: think it's a great question. and And we were kind of, you know, hoping for more out of Montez sweat in his first game. Uh, and so far through his first preseason, I think he's still getting his feet wet. I think he's still getting comfortable. You know, Ryan Anderson, despite being a second round pick, just a couple of years ago is a hard effort guy, but he's not a natural pass rusher. No. He'll get there. If you give him extra time, if you have a breakdown, if you have a missed assignment against this offensive line, as you know, uh, good luck. Um, Really, the guy that has to make it work is Montez Sweat. And even Kerrigan, who you mentioned, has had success. You know, he was kind of invisible week one. They need more out of him. The one thing that I'm curious to find out more of from this Redskins pass rush, and again, it is uh, it is something that I don't know if they're going to show it or resort to this because I would, but they didn't do it week one because, A, they were scared to death of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, and they still got Carson Wentz play extension. Same thing with Dak Prescott. I think they're going to be scared to death about that, about the wide receiver targets. And as we all know, when you start blitzing and twisting and getting extra guys, be it Landon Collins from the secondary, certainly a corner blitz, which they don't really do a lot either from the nickel or from the outside, or even the inside linebackers, which I thought I would see more of where they would blitz those guys and maybe twist them or uh, attack, you know, double a gap or, or whatever on each side of the center they, they're, they seem to be nervous to do that, afraid to do that, and the reason why, I think, again, goes back to they can't trust Josh Norman and Quentin Dunbar uh, and, and and young Jimmy Moreland and, and maybe mm. even Monte Nicholson to hold up on pass coverage. So I expect them to be – I don't want to say vanilla Marcus, but I expect them to try and just get that natural pass rush, and when they blitz, to be very picky and choosy in their spots, meaning – You know, third and three, third and four, you might see a blitz. You're not going to probably see a blitz on third and eight, third and nine, third and 10. They're probably going to drop, you know, seven or eight guys into coverage.
1: Uh, One guy that you didn't mention in the secondary is Fabian Moreau. Uh, I know I was a big fan of him coming out of UCLA. I don't believe he played in week one. What is his status for week two? Yeah, he's
0: questionable right now. We don't have an official injury report yet. He did not play in week one. They were hopeful originally, but that was quickly dispelled. I I would be surprised if he's ready to go week two, Uh, maybe, maybe. In a limited role, he gets out there. The Redskins had to put... Uh Greg Strowman, who is one of their backup corners, uh, they waived him injured because he came up with something. So they just they just signed a kid from Seattle who's in the Richard Sherman physical prototype, six two, six two and a half, six three. Uh he just got here. So obviously not much to expect. Out of that, they do have Dominic Rogers, Cromarty. I mean, maybe, again, they get Moreau back this week. We'll have to see as the practice week kind of uh, embell- But But I would say this. That was a key loss because, you know, as you know, Marcus, Moreau played much in the slot last mm-hmm. year. Then, at the end of the year, they moved him outside. So he's got that dual position versatility. But, again, I don't know if three days of practice is going to be enough to get him amped up for Dallas, maybe in a limited small room.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Josh Norman too, because I, I think to the the casual person, people see Josh Norman; it's a big name. They're thinking he's still an All Pro cornerback, but please trust, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't think he's been at that same caliber for at least a couple of years now. Is that right?
0: Oh, it's absolutely hammer on the nail of the, you know the head of the nail. Absolutely, he had, now he'll 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 tell you that it's because he doesn't have the pass rush he had in Carolina. Well, duh. Of course obviously, was part and yeah. so good in Carolina. But he has not been good in man. He has not been good in Bale. Uh D'Angelo Hall, former Redskin corner, Pro Bowl corner, and whatever you want to say about D'Angelo. Uh he kind of, you know, I don't want to say crushed him on his podcast, but he he went after him pretty hard saying he just doesn't, you know, plays too much with his eyes in the backfield. Uh, meaning, you know, of course, reading the quarterback and then letting guys pass him uh too much. And uh, in, in, he doesn't play bail technique very good. He struggles with guys that are quicker, faster, and bigger than him. Uh, not that he's a small, small guy, but no. he's not, you know, he's not two, Richard Sherman-esque, uh, just to use that again as the prototype. So re- Dallas fans remember what happened. Amari Cooper beat him on a couple of early third downs in that Thanksgiving Day game and had the big plays uh, in the second half. Josh Norman, it it usually is pretty good when you are when he is working in a tight space, when he can be handsy and when he can be physical. If I'm the Cowboys, whether it's Gallup or whether it's um, uh, Amari Cooper, I am trying to run go routes and I am trying to use post routes and I am trying to use speed and size to test him because he simply
1: cannot keep up. Yeah, I think. Amari Cooper is a bad matchup for him because Amari has that quickness and he has the size. And on top of that, he's one of the better route runners in the league. So once he puts his foot on the ground and he's up the field on a slant, he's awfully hard to beat. Um, Norman is way better. At least he used to be better against guys like Des Bryant. Uh, He actually played pretty well against Dez because he could play a physical style of football. I I, I, I just don't see Amari being a very good matchup for him. All right, Chris, we'll get you out of there on this one. Uh, Who do you think wins this game and Why? Well, I I mean,
0: as you could probably tell by my tone, it's it's hard to have confidence, uh, you know, in the Redskins, you know, to win this game. Can they compete? Sure. You know, they're going to have to do a lot of things right. They're going to have to get sustained pressure on Dak Prescott when they get the opportunity. They're going to have to wrap him up or at least knock him to the ground or something like that. I just don't have enough faith across the board. I think their offense will be you know, all right against Dallas's defense. I do fear, obviously, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander and, you know, all the talent that you guys have uh, on on your side. So, I, you know, I look at it as this is probably to me a 10-point Dallas win somewhere in that range. I, maybe the Redskins can keep it uh, to a touchdown and have a chance in the fourth quarter, but I see Dallas clearly being the better football team, especially being that the Redskins don't, Uh, have Darius Geis in this game and Jonathan Allen, as we talked about.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an important game for the Cowboys because we've seen over the last, I don't know, seven, eight years under Jason Garrett, the Cowboys have never handled success all that well. If they have a big win, sometimes they'll have a letdown in week two. You cannot have a letdown against, you know, Washington in Washington, uh, a divisional game. This is one where they should take care of business. But don't be surprised if the Cowboys play a sloppy brand of football and we're looking at, what, maybe a 16-13 game, very similar to the last year, uh, their first matchup, a, a low-scoring game that kind of comes down to the last couple of drives. Uh, and that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to both the Locked On Cowboys podcast and the Locked On Redskins podcast. We want to thank Chris for coming on the show. Uh, you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.